0: We are continuing our series uh, on secessionism in our issues affecting the church today, uh, Bible study. And today we'll particularly focus on the question, does God speak to us through visions and dreams? Well, a quick engagement with people in society will prove to you that we, and as I say we, I'm speaking about uh, mankind as a whole, are obsessed with personal experience. You hear people who speak of dreams and say, or visions of seeing things or having heard from God himself. There are people who like to say, God told me. If you've ever had conversations with different Christians from all walks of life, they will tell you that I, I hear directly from God. Uh, the reason why I went to Oxford University was because God spoke to me uh, in such a manner. That's why I'm at Oxford University. God told me. There was a, 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 a still small voice within my head, that told me that I should go to Oxford University. I dreamt that such and such happened, and and thus it is true. Now, the question is this. Does God speak to us in visions and dreams? And before I even answer that question, I want to uh, present to you three, uh, or rather four categories of people that exist. When it comes to visions and dreams. First of all, you've got the non-believers. The non-believers who claim that they hear from God, from spirits, from their ancestors, and from their dead grandmother. In fact, non-believers have got outrageous claims that really they are in, in contact or in constant contact with the spirit world and the dead. You've got the second category, which are within the charismatic circles, uh, that say God speaks to them directly. Uh, in fact, let me give you an example. I know a person who used to post on her status, uh, maybe with a wilderness in the background, or there'll be an eland or something, and then they would post on a status, I am now going on a date with Jesus. He's going to speak to me. And I would ask myself, what are you talking about then the there's the fourth uh well the third sorry there are people who are within the christian circles who are not really charismatic as the hyper charismatics but they they somehow belong to the charismatic uh, circles because they're open but closed They sometimes say they hear from God speaking to them in a still small voice, as if God would say something through silence. There are those who are, these are called friends of charismatics. There are those who claim to be, in fact, when you engage with these people, they would consider you and I as enemies or extreme or uh, putting God in a box, or Stoic, uh, they've got all sorts of names, uh, the cold Calvinists, or hyper-Calvinists, you you, you are cold, there's no spirit uh, in your circles if you are to challenge their belief system. And these people would actually side with the charismatics and say, you know, we need to be sympathetic with these people. They, you know, they they, they really have a case in the Bible. In any case, I've, and they'll go to experiences. I've heard of these people who have gone to the Islamic region and had dreams because of the Islamic region and go there and and preach the word of God. Uh... Or, or are converted or, uh, from a dream? God speaks to them somehow in a dream, and then when they wake up, they're converted to Christ. They they rely on experience rather than scripture. And then the fourth category are yeah Christians, uh, Orthodox, Evangelical, Conservative. Uh, they. they, they, they Believe and trust in the word of God. Sometimes we, even we who are, who call ourselves Christians, struggle with trusting in the word of God. We, we struggle because of our fallenness. We struggle because when problems arise or when situations call for a response, we somehow look for that response outside of the scriptures. We appeal to anything apart from the scriptures. These people hold that the word of God is sufficient. I would like to turn your attention to 2 Timothy 3, verse 16-17. to The apostle Paul writes to Timothy, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. Uh, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Dear friends, we see here that all scripture is God-breathed. This is a, a very, very... Uh, sorry. Just, yeah. This is a very, very unpopular scripture. When you look at it in context and you look at its meanings... All scripture is God breathed. So in other words, everything that is contained in the 66 books of the Bible is the very word of God. And it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This was Paul writing to Timothy. You see... The problem nowadays, friends, is that most people prefer experience and not scripture. Um, They prefer a hunch or intuition rather than the clarity of scripture applied by the Holy Spirit. They prefer dreams and visions rather than the principles and precepts set in scripture. Let us see what... The scriptures say themselves of visions and dreams. And I would like to do a rundown. First, we'll look at the Old Testament. And then we'll look at some texts in the NT. We'll start with the Old Testament. In Genesis 28, 10 to 17. I won't read the text, but I'll summarize them. Jacob... With his mother's help stole Esau's firstborn inheritance. Jacob then fled Esau's anger and on his journey he had his famous dream of a ladder reaching to heaven on which angels ascended and descended. In this dream Jacob received God's promise that Abraham's blessing would be carried on through him. I, I want you to verify when you go through your Bibles and you read your Bibles, I want you to verify and see features of true visitations from Scripture. When God actually visited the patriarchs, it was authentic, it was clear, it was true, it was for a, a purpose and usually if it, it was to do with God's purposes. If you look at the dreams that the dreams and visions that people had in the Old Testament, the Old Testament saints, uh, the patriarchs—you would see that it wasn't a personal dream; it was something that had to do with God's purposes being fulfilled in this world. It's even humbling to even think that God would fulfill His purposes through sinners such as us. Jo- uh, Joseph, for example, in Genesis thirty-seven, one to eleven is one of the most famous dreamers and one of the most famous dream interpreters in the Bible. And his first recorded dreams are found in Genesis 37. They showed through easily deciphered symbols that Joseph's family would one day bow down to him in respect. Remember, the dreams uh, that even Pharaoh had of the uh, seven lean years and and the seven uh, good years where the cows were plump and there was bounty, there was harvest. In the other years when there were lean years, the cows were skinny, there was hunger. And it all came to pass. What about Pharaoh's cup bearer and baker in Genesis forty when? Uh, Joseph was imprisoned. He, they had dreams and he, he interpreted their dreams. He explained that the cup bearer would return to Pharaoh's service, but the baker would be killed. And thus it happened, dear friends. We now move on to visions and dreams in the NT. In the New Testament. Matthew 1. 20 to 213. Remember Joseph and Mary? Joseph would have divorced Mary when he found out she was pregnant. But God sent an angel to him in a dream convincing him that the pregnancy was of God. Yeah. But, and then again, friends, we need to also reason with the scriptures. Reason. Why was God appearing to Joseph in a dream? It's because you wanted to communicate to him that the purposes that I have for you are far too grand for you. You are just a simpleton who does not know what I'm doing. So do not go and divorce that woman. Because that woman is carrying the savior of the world. Jesus. Emmanuel. You shall call him. Emmanuel. Because he shall save. His people from sin. God with us. Jesus. And we see that God sent two more dreams. One to tell Joseph. To take his family to Egypt. So Herod could not kill Jesus. And another to tell him. Herod was dead. And that he could re- return home. So dear friends. When we look at dreams. We can actually. Attach them. To tongues. To prophecy. To see that they were for a purpose. Visions and dreams. They were for a purpose. And God used them sovereignly. In his own sovereign will. To accomplish his purposes. Here on earth. To accomplish redemption history that God chose to do so is solely up to his own divine decree and his own just, most wise, most holy wisdom and will. I hope you see the picture. Why did God visit these people in a dream? We see that the apostle Paul himself had several visions in his missionary career. It's interesting that when you even look at the apostles, and I'll mention it later, that the the, the visions they had, and even the dreams, had to do with the gospel. <laughs> it's not so much so that you see today when you meet people who tell you, well, I've got a... Uh, you know, do not travel to Harare because I, I I dreamt you in a coffin. That has got nothing to do with the gospel. So I cannot take your 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 dream as, as true. But even if even if you dreamt about the gospel, I don't need your dreams because I've got the 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 final word and the complete word of God, the very scriptures, the word of God. So Paul had several uh, visions. One sent him to preach in, in Macedonia, Acts sixteen nine to ten. Another encouraged him to keep preaching in Corinth, Acts eighteen verse nine to eleven. And there was one where God gave him a vision of heaven. In 2 Corinthians 12, 1-6, you can read this text on your own and see either the Apostle Paul was caught in the third heavens. Uh, in- incidentally, there's what is called nowadays, what our brother Phil Johnson calls uh, heaven tourism, where false teachers say that they've, been, they've gone to heaven and have taken selfies with God. What blasphemy. What stupidity, dear friends. That that, that is stupid. I mean, you are telling us that you went to the heavens of heavens and you even returned (laughs) alive, having seen God? It's foolish. But the Apostle Paul was actually caught up. And he says, the things that he saw, he cannot even explain he, he shan't even try to explain to you. Because they're too glorious. And we see that even the epistle or the book of Revelation, the, really the, the book of Revelation where John is having a vision. The entire book is a vision. <laughs> Have you ever read Revelation as a vision? caught up in the island of uh, patmos he explains in detail some of the events that god had shown daniel and others apocalyptic literature well we're left with attention what about charismatics will probably ask me pastor what about joel 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 's prophecy joel two twenty eight the Word of God says, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see vision. Let us open visions. let us open to acts chapter two uh, where the apostle Peter actually quoted uh, this text. Acts chapter 2, I'll read from verse 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, that is the other apostles, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. So he's preaching to them. He's doing an expository sermon. Let this be, no, be known to you and give ear to my mouth. For these people, sorry, to my words, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is, this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Verse 17. So these people had just spoken in tongues. The Spirit of God had just been poured from heaven. If you, if you read the, the, the beginning of Acts uh, in chapter 1, after they cast lots uh, and Jesus was ascending into heaven, you, you, you see that Jesus told them to stay put uh, because he was about to send the Holy Spirit, that they will be filled with power. From on high Power to do what Power to preach the word Of God Acts 1 Verse 8 But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit Has come upon you And you will be my witnesses In Jerusalem and in all Judea And Samaria And to the end of the earth And when He said these things As they were looking on He was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight and while they were, ga- they were gazing into heaven as he went behold two men stood by them in white robes etc etc so this was the backdrop so now the Holy Spirit of God had come down let's pick it up from verse 15 of chapter 2 for these people are not drunk as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day, it was a br- broad daylight, Jews were not known to drink at that time. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. What you are seeing now is what was uttered through the prophet Joel, verse 17, and in the last days, it shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit." On all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Verse 18 Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs. On the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Dear friends, I want you to see what's happening here. What is happening is that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is spreading to all without prejudice without selection that's why it, is, it says there your young men shall see visions in the old testament visions were not necessarily meant for young people young men they were for the older mature patriarchs which God spoke to. And your old men shall dream dreams. And we'll see even, uh, as you will read all across the, uh, the acts of the apostles, or the acts of the Holy Spirit, as some have called this book, that the apostles after this, after they received power, They began even to do things that they could not do when Jesus was with them. I will challenge you to read the gospel narratives. You will see a note that when Jesus commissioned, the, I think, the 72 in Matthew chapter 10, he gave them authority over Diseases and sicknesses and whatever and told them to go out go to the house of Israel to the lost house of Israel Later on they came rejoicing because they were doing amazing works But you also see that Many of the times The disciples Failed In Doing these extraordinary things For example, in Mark Nine, Mark Nine, verse twenty six to twenty nine, let us turn there quickly. Mark Nine This is the word of God. And after crying out and convulsing terribly, convulsing him terribly, it came out. He had an unclean spirit. And the boy was like a corpse. So that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot, cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. You even recall the apostle Peter when Jesus was walking on water and he said, it is I, come. The apostle Peter walked on water for a few steps and began to sink. Now, the point is, you you begin to realize that the apostles themselves, their power when Christ was on earth, was with them, was limited. There were things that they could not do. There were things that they marveled at. And yet, when Christ ascended into heaven and sent down the Holy Spirit, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit came with power, and empowered them they began to even do greater works than these those are the greater works that I spoken of in the gospel you do greater works than these that's why even Peter and John when they were, uh, you know were, were going to, to the temple they met a lame man on the way and he stretched out his arms and said, uh, you know my piece of some money they said, silver and gold have I none But what I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. (laughs) And they strengthened him up. He stood up and they straightened him up. You don't see such works in the gospel accounts. All in all to say, there was a reason why, why this fo- this prophecy of Joel had to be fulfilled this way. The young men were now, dream- they were now seeing visions. They were dreaming dreams. They were doing marvelous works. They were speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit had come to impact them such that they may be the vessels through which the gospel was going to be sent out. Which is what the whole of Acts is about it's about the gospel the spread of the gospel when you see that the whole of Acts is an exposition of Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where it says you know and i'll give you power and you'll be my witnesses in all Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth you so read Acts that's what it's all about all the tongues all the visions all the extraordinary things pointed to the gospel pointed to the revelation of Christ. I hope you you understand at least and are grasping for what I am talking about. So what then? In this day and age where people are very pompous about what they dreamt about i would say dear friends do not take your own dreams as truth do not take your own visions as truth it could be something that you have been thinking about the whole day in fact, if I was to tell you some of the things I dream about, you'd run away from me. Because you'd say, Pastor, what is that? But it's all up in here. That's why we shouldn't take them literally. Or even to have any sort of, to, to, to give them serious consideration. God no longer speaks to us that way. Or to our forefathers. If you think you had a dream, do away with it. It's not true. Even if it comes true, it still does not stand the test of infallibility. Because the, the very thing that stands the test of infallibility is the scripture. Because God By his providence Because he's God He can do whatever he wants Could enable you to dream something That will come to pass And many times it has happened Many times there have even been things Like whereby you You, 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 you experience something That you thought you dreamt of uh, And then you see it happening before you Or people say Well I had an out of the body experience The point is, we should not give any ground for those dreams and those out-of-the-body experiences. I always use this example, but it's true. In the pagan societies, men and women dream, and when they dream, they can blame their spouse for whatever they've dreamt. You see, I dreamed you cheating, and becomes a whole fight. Someone gets murdered. Or whatever it is. It's because people are taking dreams and visions to another level where they're not supposed to be taken. They're not true. It's not true. Let me read for you uh, Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, because soon after the Acts of the Apostles, if you start reading the other epistles, they're all visions and dreams, it's just the word of God being given to the church. Indicative, imperative. This is what Christ has done, this is how we should do, this is how we should live, in light of what Christ has done, because the ultimate, all the visions and dreams were pointing to Christ, the greater reality. Christ has now ascended into heaven. He's at the right hand of God. There is no other vision that you need. He is coming back. Scripture is there. Truth is there for all, all of us to see. Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 1. And this text I always pose to charismatics and not one charismatic has ever responded to me why this text is. Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So they were the mouthpiece of God. All right. Long ago in many times and in many ways. So God's speaking was not only limited to the prophets. God could come as an angel. That's why you see in the Old Testament, an angel of the Lord came. Uh, He could come as a burning bush. Moses, you are standing on holy ground. Remove your sandals. Moses, you cannot see me and live. I'm going to bypass you. You're going to see my back. When Moses said in Exodus 33, God, show me your glory. Show me. I want to see your glory. Moses said, I'm desperate for you. God said, you cannot see me and live." Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, which are, we are in the last days now, dear friends. Don't be mistaken. We are in the period of the second advent in these last days he has spoken to us by his son the Lord Jesus Christ the same son who is known as the word the the logos in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God He was in the beginning with God Whom he appointed the heir of all things Through whom Also he created the world So you even see dear friends That we have no business seeking for any other revelation Apart from scripture It's just our fallenness And our sinfulness Which makes us seek for anything and everything outside the scripture. We, we, as Justin Peters puts it, we are people who just want experience. We just want to have goosebumps. I, I'm feeling the, the spirit moving. And so uh, I've got goosebumps. I, I had a dream and, you know, violently jerking yourself across the room and rolling around. And if you see some of those charismatic videos, they are scary. Because you're saying, what is this person doing? What is the spirit that is behind this person? Why are they behaving this way? When we have got the sure, true word of God. Give me the scriptures. Oh, I die. There are some people who memorize chapters of scripture. (laughs) Even books. And he hide it in their hearts. So this is the very word of God. If I, if I need the word of God, it's in my heart. And, and believe you me, those people have not even exhausted every drop of the scripture. Because the scriptures are vast. But then you've got people who say, Doda, experience. God spoke. He did not speak to you. You... Are listening to your own voice To your own fallen self You are even maybe listening to the devil Or you are listening to Evil Spirits God speaks to us Through His word Let me Then conclude dear friends Your dreams Have no bearing on the future Trust in the Lord Even if you see it. It's not. Infallible truth. Your dreams are not true. Neither are your visions. Your experience is not infallible truth. What you need to do. Is trust in the word of God. Only the scriptures. Only in the scriptures where we see where we are complete and see the truth and see the revelation of things that have been, that are, and that will come in Jesus Christ. And this is how God speaks to us. And this is what we mean by cessationism. This is is another facet of cessationism. To say we believe that the scriptures are sufficient for matters of life and practice. Dear friends, cherish this book. Read it. Trust the word. Stand on the word. Though the the world give way and the earth give way, stand on scripture. And you will not go wrong. Because God has promised.